biggest change I would like to see, and it is something that CIPP is working on, is having payroll recognized as a profession within its own right. So when you're filling in a form and you have to say what profession you're in, instead of putting yourself under HR, finance, accountancy, wherever you currently put your job role, you will be able to select payroll as a profession in its own right and have that stand out. And it's great because for National Payroll Week now, this is the second year in a row where we're working with the Payroll Centre, we're working with GPA, and we're working with reward strategy. So we're all coming together to have a collective voice and a bigger voice. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. I'm delighted to be welcoming back someone who's joined me on the podcast before, which is Vicky Graham, Business Development Director from the CIPP. For those not familiar with Vicky, you may know she's been with the CIPP now for over 16 years, which you can put that into perspective when you realize it's their 40th year anniversary this year. So Vicky's been integral to the business and she's really excited today because she's going to be talking about National Payroll Week. With the pandemic causing so much stress across the payroll community at the moment, I think it's about time we had something to celebrate. And Vicky is here with me today to tell us all about National Payroll Week. She's going to talk about the celebrations. She's going to talk about some of the things the CIPP have planned. And I know she's going to encourage all of you to get your leg warmers at the ready to fart the DeLoreans so that we can all celebrate in style. So Vicky, tell us what it's all about. Thanks, Nick. Um, No, great. It's really nice to be here and um, really good to talk to you and just picking up on that 16 years. So in August of this year, it'll actually be 17 years that I've been working for CIPP. So really long time, but obviously love it and love the payroll profession and everything that that we're doing at the moment. So thanks. And we're not just celebrating 16 years for you, Vicky, but also 40 years for the CIPP. 2020 marks the 40th anniversary. And I know that you're intending to celebrate in style, but I believe that you've uh, postponed the celebrations for 12 months. Is that right? That's right. So this year is our 40th year. Uh, We originally founded in 1980 as the Association of uh, payroll and superannuation administrators. That was back in, in 1980. As I say, 10th of October was the first event that was run. We had originally planned to have a 40th of, uh, celebration in July of this year, which we've now pushed back to the 7th of July 2021. Uh, and obviously, invitations all go out in due course to, to those founder members and people who've been associated with us over that time. In the meantime, we are doing features within the magazine. So each edition of Professional Magazine this year has carried some content around the history of the CIPP. And I've really enjoyed digging into that. I've been the one that's been, because of my length of time here, I know I haven't been around for the entire 40 years, but I am one of the longest serving members of the team. And because of that, I've been the one responsible for going through all of our archives and pulling together all of the history. And I'm creating an official timeline. So we'll be issuing that later this year. So even though the event celebrating it isn't until next year, we're still doing a lot this year to mark the occasion. Uh, I also actually, whilst we're on that, just want to highlight that as well as um, APSA being 
launched in 1980. In 1985, the uh, British Payroll Managers Association formed as well, which was for the private sector, whereas APSA was for the public. So we recognised both of those uh, within this anniversary year. I actually remember that because when I first started in recruitment 18 years ago, God, it used to be known as the IBPM, I think, the Institute of uh, British Payroll Managers, and then it became the IPPM. And of course, now we know it as the CIPP. Yeah, it was. We've had quite a few names over the years. So APSA obviously was the original body formed in 1980. Then BPMA, which was the British Payroll Managers Association, which later became IBPM. Then when APSA and IBPM formed, which I believe was 1998, we then became IPPM, the Institute of Payroll and Pensions Management or managers, forgive me, I cannot remember the exact wording. Uh, I'm sure some of the listeners will, and they'll let me know. And then we became IPP in the noughties and gained chartered status at the back end of 2010 and officially became CIPP in 2011. Funnily enough, Vicky, I once had an HR client who uh, needed to recruit a payroll manager and they insisted that the individual had the CIPP qualification. And that's that's fair enough. It's quite a, a regular requirement that, that we see on specifications. But I had an individual who I thought was perfect for the position and they were I, they had the IBPM uh, qualification, but the HR manager wouldn't accept it because they said it was had to be the CIPP. And I remember trying to explain to them that this was an equivalent qualification. It was just before it became the CIPP, but they just wouldn't accept it. And when we're going back and forth, I mean, eventually they did. We were going back and forth. And I, had to, I was almost tempted to put them in touch with the CIPP directly to get this qualification confirmed. But eventually they did relent, which was good. But um, it's interesting seeing how the qualifications change and, and more, most importantly, how they've evolved. And the fact that qualifications now have chartered status is a fantastic thing and a fantastic achievement as well. So let's take things forward then. Let's talk about National Payroll Week. Let's, if you can, Vicky, tell our audience all about what to expect in September and how we can prepare for it and what it's all about. Okay, thanks, Nick. National Payroll Week was launched in 1998. Really, the CIPP um, or IPPM as it was, IBPM as it was, launched National Payroll Week to raise the profile of payroll as a profession both within business and within government as well. So we did a lot of activity down at the brewery in London back in 1998 and we wrote to government and got the Prime Minister at the time, Tony Blair, to send a letter of of support for National Payroll Week and payrollers uh, who were working within the profession to recognise the work that they do both within businesses and in the in the UK. So just to give you an idea, it's anticipated or it was anticipated that this financial year, this tax year, £301 billion would be collected through national insurance and income tax, which is a really significant contribution to the UK economy. Also, obviously, as we all know, people do not go to work unless they are paid. So it's really important for employers to recognise the value that payroll can bring to them and, and the impact of that on their overall workforce and morale and motivation especially in times like like now, as you've said, under this pandemic where there's a lot of uncertainty for people. Fantastic. Well, I think any excuse to celebrate payroll and National Payroll Week is a fantastic idea and a fantastic initiative. And I'm glad that uh, it's happening and it's being arranged for September. Of course, during this pandemic, 
Payroll's been right at the forefront. We've seen exactly how hard payroll professionals have worked to keep the UK paid, how complex it's been with furlough legislation changing on an almost daily basis. It's been a stressful time. So I do think the timing of this is good for September. I think payroll professionals will be ready to just down tools slightly, albeit temporarily, just to have a little bit of a celebration to celebrate the work they've done uh, over this very, very tricky period. Uh, and of course, the payroll industry is, is, is huge. It's the amount being collected through national insurance and income tax right now, I, I read is around 301 billion pounds. And that money is absolutely critical for keeping the UK economy moving. And it's going to be absolutely critical to the recovery of the UK economy post pandemic. So um, what better reason to, to celebrate? Have you seen that number change um, over the last few years? Is, is, does it fluctuate quite a lot? Because it's quite a significant sum. Yeah, that number does change year on year. So last year, it was around 285 billion. So it, it has increased this year. I'm sure world events and global events will have an impact on that as well. And you make a really good point about the work that payroll is doing to keep people paid, keeping the key workers paid, keeping those who are on furlough paid. And, you know, I'm sure we all see the same news. There's over 9 million UK workers who are currently now furloughed. Payroll professionals have been responsible for making those payments and making those claims to government. This 21 billion pounds claimed so far um, under that furlough scheme, which is in place until October. So that's really significant. The theme for National Payroll Week this year is keeping the UK paid. We've had the same theme for a couple of years. I don't think that theme has ever been more appropriate than it is now. As you said, the advice is constantly changing at the moment with the job retention scheme. We all anticipate and await the daily updates from government and the Prime Minister and the three-week updates on the lockdown situation. And with that, payroll professionals are also holding their breath to see what's going to happen and what's going to change for them and then await the government guidance, which nine times out of ten is released quite late on a Friday for them to digest over the weekend before picking up the queries that they undoubtedly have on a Monday morning. It's really important this year. And I imagine your CIPP advisory service has uh, been pretty overwhelmed with inquiries over the last uh, few weeks, or should I say months, um, during this pandemic. Obviously, our advisory service, which supports our members, has seen a phenomenal amount of inquiries coming in. At the beginning of April, when the first announcements were made and the guidance had been issued, we took more inquiries in one week than we would normally do during an entire month. And the reason being, as you quite rightly said, is that there was a lot of grey areas and a lot of things that hadn't been clarified in the guidance that had been issued. And these things, I think, no disrespect to the government who are trying to react and respond very quickly, had not considered all of the scenarios that we as payroll professionals and us as the representative body of those payroll professionals are able to give them. So the advisory team have been very busy in responding to the queries coming in, but also feeding those into our policy and research team who work very closely with government to get the answers to those questions and get those considerations in ready for the next lot of guidance so that they can clarify issues that that have been a bit grey and maybe a bit woolly. And I certainly have seen that as well, Nick, on social media. I've seen lots of questions that were raised that just had not been considered when the government first announced the job retention scheme. 
it's been a challenging time, I think, hasn't it, to to say the least for power professionals. But it seems like they've been able to pivot really well. They've adapted really, really well, which I think is fantastic. There's obviously going to be a lot of adaptation required for the payroll industry going forward as well, not just in terms of what the pandemic has thrown at them, but of course, we're going to see changes in technology. I know from the CRPP National Forums, you've been talking a lot about the, the future of payroll, which is going to require payrollers to continually adapt to new changes, which of course they've always done since I've been part of the industry and you have as well, Vicky. We've always seen the payroll industry adapt really, really well to whatever's been thrown at them. But from your perspective at the CRPP, what kind of things are you seeing or are you predicting for the future of payroll then at the moment? What, what, do you, what other things do you think payroll, the payroll community needs to start preparing for? Yeah, that's interesting, Nick, because we do currently have a survey running around the future of payroll, which will inform the activities for National Payroll Week, kicking off with a roundtable to discuss the findings of that survey. Obviously, I've had a little preliminary look to see what the results are looking like at the moment. And a lot of the challenges, I think, and the things that will change in the future, you mentioned technology. Technology definitely plays a part. And we did have questions in the survey around that and whether payroll professionals thought that technology would have a detrimental effect on the profession in that it would therefore be seen as more of a push button exercise. Positively, actually, our members are saying, no, that's not the case. And because technology is helping them to automate some of the more transactional and everyday kind of day-to-day transactional operations that go on behind the scenes with payroll, they're then able to focus more on the strategic aspect of the role and add value to their businesses and focus more on the compliance and being a change agent within the business. Uh, And I do think payroll are change agents. You said they're about being adaptable and flexible. The amount of change within payroll and the amount of things that payroll has thrown at them and has to deal with very, very quickly, and particularly with respect to legislation and compliance uh, and changes in technology, I I absolutely think that that's a, a positive step and we'll see a lot of change there. Also, we're seeing things unsurprisingly around flexible working requests and how People are are moving more towards wanting to work from home and having flexibility in their hours and their working patterns that I think will, will come into payroll departments as well. And as payroll software is hosted more in the cloud as opposed to on, on servers within offices, uh, I think that's going to enable that, which will obviously help people have a better work-life balance. Uh, and you made the point at the moment, payroll professionals are working seven days a week, 12-hour days. So they're just not able to have that currently, but I do see that in the future. Yeah, totally agree. And I think what's been really interesting, you know, as a recruiter, I've had you know payroll professionals ask me for many years, you know, can I work for? I want to work for an employer that gives me that work work from home flexibility. And to be honest, it's very has been very difficult traditionally to find employers that can give that because they view payroll quite rightly as a critical function that is involved in, in handling lots of confidential data, and therefore it's a, a role that really does require a presence in the office. But, you know, fast forward 65 days from that, from the last time I had that kind of conversation, the payroll industry has absolutely proven to industry across the board that they can process and actually work whilst working from home. They can adapt very quickly to new technologies, be it Zoom, MS Teams and other remote working software. And actually, it makes it very difficult now for an HR professional or for any sort of business stakeholder to reject a working from home flexibility request, maybe not on a full time basis, but certainly on a, a part time, part of the week basis to be able to work from home when the payroll community have been showing that they can successfully deliver it within a home-based environment. So I think it's going to be much more difficult for those new requests coming in, which are bound to happen, 
to be rejected going forward. So it'll be interesting to see. And certainly from the surveys that we've done as a recruiter, which I'm sure probably mirror the ones that you've done at the CIPP, we're seeing that most people don't want to actually to work from home on a full-time basis, but they would like more flexibility to be able to do both office and home-based work on a regular basis. And it's that mix, I think, that we're seeing as being the biggest change in demand going forward is what, in terms of what people are going to be looking for for, the, for their work-life balance requirements to be met. And it's um, and I think absolutely right. They should ask for it because they do work for many hours and it should should be given and granted, providing it's it's not going to affect the efficiency of the way those payrolls are run. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, taking the point there, we're in June and having been in lockdown and isolated in our homes since the end of March, I don't. I think people realise now that they don't want to do it full time. And it is nice to have that team atmosphere and office environment part of the time. So it's good to have that balance. I, think I mentioned this on the um, National Forum presentation I gave for the CRPP, which is about adaptability. And you just talked about you know, adapting to technologies. And the Charles Darwin quote is, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent it's the one that is most adaptable to change. And I think that's one thing the Pearl community has absolutely shown over the last 65 days, which has been amazing, that they are adaptable to change and they can change very, very quickly. Couldn't make it up to set up a pandemic that has these new legislative requirements changing on a daily basis right in the middle of a year-end process as well. You could have picked a better month for a pandemic to hit up, right? Yeah, that, that's true, actually. There couldn't have been a worse time for it, could there? Have you ever asked yourself... How can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Five technical questions. Let's bring it back to celebration time. National Payroll Week. I love your banner, which is keeping the UK paid. You've talked a bit about you know, why you have that banner as well. It's certainly things we've been seeing in the industry across LinkedIn that they've been keeping the UK paid during the pandemic as well, which has been fantastic. And you've talked a little bit about the role the CIPP has played supporting payroll professionals. But I know you've done a little bit more than just handling prize as well. You've been doing some petitions with cabinet ministers. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that kind of work? Yeah, absolutely. So we're fully preparing for National Payroll Week now. And as part of that preparation, we have written to the Prime Minister and all Cabinet Ministers regarding the work that payroll has been doing, particularly during the pandemic, but for the UK economy anyway. You know, we've talked a lot in the letter and and in the petitioning that we're doing around the role of payroll about what it contributes to businesses and what it contributes to the UK economy and how payroll professionals have literally been keeping the UK paid during the pandemic. You know, I've had quite a few conversations within my network with people about the Thursday night clapping for the NHS, which I appreciate has now obviously stopped, went on for quite a few weeks. And I've said, you know, why aren't we doing this for payroll? So this is the kind of thing we're talking to the prime minister and cabinet ministers about is having some recognition during National Payroll Week 
to thank all of those professionals who have been keeping the UK paid um, and who have been processing those furlough claims for the employees and, and protecting the jobs for those employees who are being furloughed currently. Uh, so we're doing a lot of work there. So those letters literally have gone out this week. So we're middle of June. They've gone out this week so that we can have a response ahead of National Payroll Week to be able to publicise that and see if we can get the government involved in the week itself. Fantastic. What a great, great thing to be doing. And I don't know if you've seen it. I'm sure you would have done, Vicky. But did you see that Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, actually did a public speech announcement and shout out to all of the Australian payroll professionals who have been keeping Australia paid? It's an amazing speech, something that I don't think any of us would have expected you know, for that to have happened, for the payrolls to be such in the public eye and the profiles to be raised so much that it was a, a dedicated speech by the Australian PM. Do you think we've got any chance of Boris actually sort of shouting out for the payroll profession in the UK? Do you think the letters can go that high? I hope so. I mean, certainly the letter, uh, the first letter that's gone this week has gone to Boris. And I do hope that he listens. So fingers crossed we will be. Obviously, we've referenced the fact that payroll has been thanked in Australia. uh, And we've referenced the fact that we do work with the Australian Payroll Association you know, we've got connections there. So I'm hoping that he does listen. We've also referenced the fact that when we launched in 1998, the Prime Minister at the time obviously sent us a letter of support. So I'm hoping that the the Tory government wants to go one up on the Labour government. But let's see what they do. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I know that from your perspective, and when we're going back to National Payroll Week, you said to me off air that this is probably one of the most important national payroll weeks there has ever been. Now, obviously, we can look into and kind of make our own assertions as to why we think that is. But from your perspective, Vicky, why do you think National Payroll Week is so important this year? As I've as said earlier, it's so important during 2020 because of the work that payroll professionals have been doing to keep the UK paid. Payroll professionals really have been working tirelessly. I've spoken to many of our members uh, and my wider network where they're literally working seven-day weeks, 12-hour days, just to keep people paid, just to make sure those furlough claims are going in and they're accurate and there's no mistakes being made there. On top of, as you say, normal day-to-day payroll and year-end issues that they were having to do in, in April, making sure everything's done accurately on time. And those really are the key things for payroll, is making sure everything is accurate and on time. And there's been so so many grey areas in the guidance and so much confusion around the guidance that's come out with the coronavirus job retention scheme. Payroll professionals, you know, our policy and research team, our advisory service, CIPP members, payroll professionals that I know outside of the CIPP have been working tirelessly to keep up with those changes and make sure that they understand them, that they've got the answers to the questions that they need for those outside of the norm cases and ensured that those 9 million UK workers who are furloughed have been paid correctly and continue to be paid correctly. And I think that's why it's more important this year than any other. Boom. They said it. Absolutely right. Totally agree. And uh, if, if you're a payroll professional right now, then, Vicky, and you're listening to this and you're feeling pumped up, you're going, you know what? Vicky's absolutely right. That is how I've been working. And I do want to be celebrated. And I do think we've done a really good job. And you know what? I want to celebrate National Payroll Week. So how can I get involved? What can I do? Tell me, Vicky, what can I do to get involved in National Payroll Week 2020? Excellent. Well, first of all, uh, visit the CIPP's website and request your National Payroll Week pack. For obvious reasons, the packs this year will be online downloads only, but request your pack and it will provide some information in there around things that you can do to celebrate the week. 
I'd encourage you to run an event within your business, whether that's an online or event, or if by September you're back in your offices, either or, but run an event within your business to talk to your employees about their payslip, to talk to them about the complexities that go into that. Most people do not understand their payslips. And, and this just isn't just young people coming into work. This is across all levels of the business. I hear um, stories about chief executives who don't look at their payslip because they don't understand it. So run an event to explain payroll to them and, and highlight the work that you're doing and, and really stand up and say, this is what I do and this is why I need to be celebrated. And the other thing that I'd really encourage you to do, and there will be a template within the National Payroll Week packs, is to write to your local MP and see if you can get them involved in whatever celebration it is you do within your workplace, be it online or maybe if by then uh, it's face-to-face in your office. Get your local MP involved and see if you can get some publicity off the back of that and really help to raise the profile of the payroll profession in that way. If you want a a copy of that pack, obviously it's on the CLPV website, but I will put a link in the episode notes as well. So if you're listening to this podcast, all you have to do is click on the episode notes, which is the description of this episode. And in there will be a link where you can directly be taken to where you can access one of those CIPP packs. So don't delay. You can do it while you're listening. If you want, you can click away and keep your earphones on while you're listening to this podcast and you can request one of those packs whilst we continue this interview. So go and do it now, get yourself involved. And it'd be amazing to see as many people and companies taking part in this National Payroll Week as possible. Let's really celebrate payroll and raise that profile like it's never been raised before, right on the back of a pandemic that started to raise the profile already. And my biggest worry as a as a, someone who's passionate about the payroll industry is that at the end of the pandemic, we go back to where we were before. We've got to make sure we continue to ride this wave. We continue to push the payroll industry into the public limelight to raise that profile. And that's going to involve every single person listening to this podcast doing something, just one thing, to continue to raise that profile. And if that involves you guys clicking on a, on a pack link, downloading it and getting involved, then go and do it. And let's have a really big great celebration september 7th 11th 2020 now one last question on national power week while i've got you vicky as let's say everyone does get involved what is the biggest single change you would like to see as a result of national power week 2020 biggest change I would like to see, and it is something that CIPP is working on, is having payroll recognised as a profession within its own right. So when you're filling in a form and you have to say what profession you're in, instead of putting yourself under HR, finance, accountancy, wherever you currently put your job role, you will be able to select payroll as a profession in its own right and have that stand out. And It's great because for National Payroll Week now, this is the second year in a row where we're working with the Payroll Centre, we're working with GPA, and we're working with Reward Strategy. So we're all coming together to have a collective voice and a bigger voice to really help make that happen. And if all payroll professionals get involved, download those packs, start writing to your, your local MPs, start writing to your local media, you know, getting some getting some exposure on social media, getting some exposure within within local media, then that's really going to help to get that message out there and get payroll recognized as a profession. Fantastic. Now, of course, as well as National Payroll Week, it would be remiss of me not to ask you a question as a CRPP Business Development Director, Vicky, about what the CRPP are doing in terms of training requirements for the payroll profession, particularly post-pandemic. 
I'd be really interested to know in relation to the future of payroll as well, where you personally, where the CIPP see the future of tra- training requirements really sitting for the payroll profession. What are the things that you guys are focusing on? What skills gaps do you think are going to appear, I guess, post-pandemic? Do you, do you really want to plug those gaps for? How's the future of training look for the payroll industry? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, we're in a, a pandemic at the moment, and we are still promoting our training courses. And we are still getting people on training, which is great. I think there's always a requirement for payroll training. We're moving a lot more of our training courses online. We deliver uh, virtual classrooms and we have on-demand training as well. But bringing it back to the future of payroll survey, one of the questions within that survey that we'll be debating during National Payroll Week is around the the skills outside of the technical skills and the um, legislative updates what skills are payroll professionals requiring in the next two years? Again, I'm yet to see the results. The survey is still running. But from what I have seen, it's around uh, technology and software. um, And it's around automating processes to enable people to focus more on the strategic role that they play. So people are looking for for more skills in technology and upskilling in that area. Communication is another big one. I think unsurprisingly, again, given the timing of the survey, a lot of the payroll professionals that have responded have said that they would like training in remote working and remote management. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense based on where we are at the minute. And there's a lot to learn very, very quickly. And there is a skill to it. There's definitely a skill. I would add one more to that as a recruiter. I think one of the big skill gaps we're seeing at the moment as a payroll recruiter in the payroll industry is, and I think the CRP can play a huge part in, in, in supporting this as well. I'm sure you are. And I'm sure this is built into a lot of the courses you already deliver, particularly in courses like the remote working ones that you're discussing is leadership skills. I think that's a soft skill we really need to develop and to be able to lead your teams, particularly from a remote environment, does come with a whole new wealth of skills and experiences and um, and, different levels of expertise to make sure that you're really engaging your teams going forward. So I'll be quite interested to see what leadership courses and leadership training gets delivered over the coming months and years, uh, particularly from the CIPP as well, because obviously you play a huge role in upskilling the payroll profession. I don't know if if you've seen any in your forum feedbacks about leadership at all, Vicky? Uh, We have, and on the survey, again, preliminary results. The full results will be issued in September for National Payroll Week. But we have recently engaged a relationship with an organization called World Class Manager, and we are offering an online leadership program for payroll professionals. So that's also advertised on our website, uh, and payroll professionals can engage in that online at the moment. And, of course, our foundation degree programs for both payroll and pensions are being um, redeveloped as well to incorporate some of those managerial and leadership skills. Amazing. That's music to my ears. I'm sure it's music to those listening as well. Listen, Vicky, it's been absolutely fantastic for us for you to talk to us today about National Power Week. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the, the, the celebrations, anything that I may have missed or any additional messages you'd like to give the Power community before we, before we close? No, I think what I'd just like to say is make sure you download your pack or request your your pack online on our website and take a look at the CIPP organised events that will be running during the week as well. Obviously, we don't know where we'll be in September, so we're planning for all scenarios, but we will have stuff that's on the website that you can get involved and get engaged in once you've downloaded your National Payroll Week pack. So we look forward to celebrating with you.
Fantastic. And I will, of course, I will have links to both the National Pearl Week events page. So there'll be a link to that in the episode notes. And once more, a link to that pack as well. If you want to make a pack request, that will be in the episode notes as well, as, as well as standard links to the CRPP website if you're interested in training courses and other bits and pieces. So take a look at that. Otherwise, a huge thank you, Vicky Graham, for joining me on the Pearl Podcast for the second time. Great to have you back. Fantastic that you're doing so much amazing work to support the Pearl profession and to really raise the profile. I'm sure as a community of listeners, we can really make a huge difference going forward. So thanks again for joining me. Thanks again for joining me on the Payroll Podcast. And of course, if you are looking to recruit a specialist payroll-related candidate, then please do give me a call. I'm a payroll recruitment specialist. I've been in this industry, as we said at the start, for nearly 18 years. And I would love to help you. You can contact me on 01727 800 377 or nick at jgarecruitment.com. Otherwise, thank you for listening. And I look forward to welcoming you all back to the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.